The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so as we teased for almost a week now, we are joined by our First guest to help preview the AFC North and the rest of the happenings within the division and to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, one of our absolute favorite content creators, one of our absolute favorites on YouTube, Justin, the architect of Engraven Bids, the YouTube channel that has almost 55,000 subscribers. Awesome, awesome work. And that's just a testament to all you do, Justin. How you doing, man? Good to have you back on the show. Uh, I'm doing really good. How y'all doing? We're good, man. Solid, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're not. We're not fifty-five k solid, but we're doing. We're doing pretty good, my man. You do excellent work, and we'll 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 put up your YouTube channel and how to get people to just subscribe in just a little bit here. Mm-hmm. But uh, for those who do not know and who do not, if you are a Bengals fan only, doesn't even matter. He talks a lot of Ravens, <laughs> but he talks a lot of NFL on his channel and does okay. awesome work. Uh, both both kind of shorter episodes, some longer stuff, but does great work, and we we can't say enough about that. So go subscribe to Justin's channel. Let's let's kind of dive right into it. Uh, right. I, I guess we can start. Let's kind of start from last year and kind of work our way to the present, if you will. Mm. Tough year for the Ravens <laughs> last year. I mean, they were in it to the end, and it's. I think it's a yeah. testament to Har- to Harbaugh, the staff, and how that how that team is run. But uh-huh. um, tough year injury wise and whatnot. They mm. were in it towards towards the end there, but kind of your your takeaways from that season was it just a, a lost season or was it hey you know good effort based on everything that's happened a little bit of both. I mean, I don't know your side of the table. What are you, what are you thinking about how everything played out last year? Yeah, de- definitely a little bit of both. Um, because like, like you mentioned, they were in it to the very end, uh, to the very last game when uh, Ravens played the Steelers um, in week 18 and they could have actually gotten into the playoffs if they would have won and they needed a little bit of help uh, to get in, but they obviously lost and they, they didn't make it. Um, and I know a lot of Ravens fans were kind of divided about that. Like, hey, if we get into the playoffs, what's the point? Because our team is so beat up. Uh, and then some were like, hey, we might as well just lose now. We, we get a higher draft pick. Uh, but then some were like, like me, I, I wanted them to get into the playoffs, um, regardless of the draft pick status, whatever. Uh, I wanted them to get, to get into the playoffs because I know they, they wouldn't, have, wouldn't have had much of a chance. But if you're in the playoffs, then you have a chance. Uh, but anyway, um, last season just – the injuries, man, injuries, injuries, injuries. And it started uh, before the season even started, before uh, they even touched that week one game against the Raiders. They had been so beat up and they had lost so many significant guys, too. 
Um, you lose Lamarcus Peters for the year. Uh, you lost Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins for the year. Nick Boyle was banged up. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, I don't think, even think he made it through the whole week one game. And then he was lost for the rest of the year. Derek Wolf, I mean, I can go down the whole list, and it's a very, very long list. And then, of course, guys got lost uh, throughout the season, too. But with as many guys as the Ravens lost through the season, uh, we still had the guy that our team runs through. That being, of course, Lamar Jackson. Um, and when Lamar Jackson, he was even hurting during the season. But he was playing, and Ravens were winning for the most part. Um, they were at one point, they were not only top of the AFC North, but top of the AFC. Ravens were sitting at eight and three, and it was like, wow, we, we're first place in the in the AFC. That's crazy, especially with all the injuries. Um, then Ravens lost a couple games. Then against the Browns, Lamar Jackson got hurt, uh, and that would be the last game that he would play in. For the remainder of the season and everything just continued uh to go downhill from there um of course those games <laughs> been hearing a lot about especially recently i mean not even recently really just all off season the ravens games against the Bengals. um there's been a lot of trash talk going back and forth amongst ravens and Bengals fans for those uh because no ravens fans like hey you guys beat up on an injured team and Bengals fans like, hey, what about last year? Y'all beat up on an injured team, and we didn't complain, but it's it's all fun and games, man. But um, last season was tough. It was tough because especially the way that the Ravens roster was constructed, uh, we all felt like the Ravens like really had a shot at, at doing something special. Even if it wasn't Super Bowl, it just felt like it. Ravens had a shot at a very special season, and then they just got hit by injury after injury after injury and it just really just ruined everything yeah that that dynamic between Bengals fans and Ravens fans I feel like it's <laughs> it's taken on a new life maybe I don't yeah uh, I guess mm-hmm. because the Bengals you know finally won a playoff game and you know mm-hmm. kind of beat our chest a little bit but like I don't know like do you, do you have anything more to like ex- expand upon that like is 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 do you feel like that the, the discussions are I guess relevant or is it just a lot of just oh, yeah. useless noise right now oh no I mean it's I mean, it's it's two very passionate fan bases, but I do love that that sort of rivalry with the fan bases have been reignited. Um, it's been a, a lot of trash talking. I see it every day. Kind of get tired of seeing it, kind of. But um, this season is going to be really fun, uh, and I think it's it's a lot of pain um, that's in both fan bases. Uh, and I think more recently under Lamar, the uh, the Ravens they had really been beating the Bengals. Uh, every year they have been taking care of business against the Bengals every year. But then last year happens, and even in a game that Lamar did play in, uh, the Ra- the Bengals end up beating up on the Ravens. Uh, and then the Bengals not only did that, but they did what the Ravens haven't done. Uh, and they not only won in the playoff, but they made it to the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's first full season playing. And I know that that's painful for Ravens fans to see that. Like, man, like not only is it, especially because it's a team within your division that made it to the playoffs before you did, especially with the, the, the 2019 season, 2020, 2021, Ravens have had multiple chances, but Bengals go. And of course they, they did have to have, have to have some bad seasons in order to get these higher draft picks, but they go, they draft a, a Joe Burrow. Then he gets his guy, Jamar Chase. Uh, and even the year before too, got T Higgins and, and they, and Tyler Boyd has been there forever. You know, he's a, 
We all remember the fourth and 12, unfortunately. But that fourth and 12, it actually helped get us LeBar Jackson. So it's not all bad. But with the uh, the Bengals, for them to have made it to the Super Bowl like that, and the Ravens still fighting and clawing and haven't even reached the AFC Championship, um, I, I think that's where a lot of the uh, the animosity it comes in between Bengals and Ravens fans. And I know Ravens fans, the, the comeback is, hey, y'all lost in the Super Bowl. We've never lost the Super Bowl 2-0. Uh, but Bengals fans are like, hey, those Super Bowls are way back then, and it's all about what have you done recently, and y'all haven't gotten there with Lamar. We got there second year with Joe Burrow. So it's been, again, like I said, it's been, it's been fun. You hear a lot of uh, interesting takes on the matter. Um, and we will continue to hear those. I just, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for regular season because it's going to be nonstop, like back and forth throughout the rest of the summer and off season. And I'm, I'm just ready for regular season when it comes to that. Talking with Justin, the architect of Engraven Vids, the great YouTube channel that talks a lot of Ravens, but uh, some NFL as well. He also has uh, another podcast, the Team Keep It Clean podcast, so you can check that one out too. A little bit of football and some other stuff on that one. So go subscribe to both both of those. We will have the links to those in the description for the show and in the live chats for you there. So make sure to subscribe to those. Does awesome work there. Uh, I, you know, you mentioned one name as you, you know, as one of the major injured players for the Ravens last year, and kind of a bridge question from last year and talking more about into this year. A lot of Bengals fans are familiar because a lot of Bengals fans are Ohio State fans. They are familiar with J.K. Dobbins. And Dobbins was a guy, you know, showed some things um, early in his career. And then mm-hmm. it seemed as if he was poised to have a big role mm-hmm. last year before the injury. So I, I wanted to see if he could confirm that or deny that, I guess. Yeah. But also what's ahead for him this next year, because the way that the Ravens have seemingly, and we're going to talk about the draft class and stuff in a little bit, but mm-hmm. the way they have seemingly rebuilt their team or kind of built back up their team from the injuries is a little mm-hmm. bit more run centric and, 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 you know, kind of what they were doing a couple of years ago. So JK Dobbins outlook and what was the plan last year? What's the plan this year? Um, for JK Dobbins, he was looking to be their guy uh, for them at running back. Of course they still had Gus Edwards, um, but JK was looking to be uh, that feature back for the Ravens. And one thing that they, uh, they continued to talk about, uh last year and they've been talking about it this year too um they want to get the backs involved especially jk dobbins more involved uh in the passing game um so last year uh it was going to be his time to shine it was going to be his time to uh to sort of break out um but of course the injury in week three uh, of the preseason it, it, it changed all of that um but this year uh with the ravens with jk i think they would still expect him to be their guy, but at the same time, um, they have to also prepare uh, just in case anything goes wrong with the rehab. I know he hasn't really been practicing yet. They said he was recently on the jugs machine at OTAs, but not really doing uh, much work. And that was expected. Um, so training camp is when we'll really get a, a lot of those questions answered when it comes to a lot of the guys that they lost, but specifically with J.K. Dobbins. Um, I think that they're really setting it up to where he has another opportunity to take uh, a jump. Um, And a big thing that could have, if he would have even been healthy last year, that might've hindered him a little bit um, would have been the offensive line, but the Ravens have made sure they shore up that offensive line 
uh, both through the draft and through free agency as well. Um, and, and health is obviously going to be a big factor. I think health um, was one of the Ravens, probably the, actually the Ravens' biggest enemy last year um, because they just they could not defeat it uh, for anything. Uh, and it literally took out their whole team. So this year, hopefully, J.K. Dobbins can really bounce back. He can have a full recovery. And Gus Edwards, too, and Justice Hill. Because Ravens, they lost all three of their – they lost their top three running backs last year. Um, they had to bring in guys like uh, Devontae Freeman, who he started off slow but ended up catching on a lot more toward uh, as the season went on. Um, they brought in uh, from the Saints – oh, I cannot think of his name right now off the top of my head – uh, but they, they at one point they brought in Le'Veon Bale. Um, so oof, that that didn't work out, but uh, yeah, it was rough last year, it, it was rough last year at, at, at running back. But um, this year, hopefully, the Ravens can have all of their guys in the stable. That was that was so wild, like right before the season, it was just mm-hmm. like hit after hit after hit. I'm like, who the hell's gonna be lining next, mm-hmm. next to Lamar Jackson? But exactly. you know, the, the, yeah, like that's just like the Ravens do, like they just find ways. To get guys on the field and get the most out of them and i guess like where my main like question is now is really with the receivers because it made sense to me like if you weren't going to pay marquise brown if you if you can get a first round pick for him that makes a lot of sense i, I guess now i i look at what um uh, that that team has a receiver and it's rashad bateman and maybe like a lot of question marks so like what seems uh-huh. to be like the plan for replacing like the impact and the presence that marquise brown has because i'm i'm a fan of bateman but you know he hasn't really done too much just as a first-year player now a second-year player Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really really good question um and yeah a lot of question marks a lot of question marks at receiver um a lot of us are still wondering what the Ravens are going to do um if anything because Rashad Bateman um it was crazy again last year injuries uh Rashad Bateman missed like the first five six games uh due to injury uh and then he came back and Lamar was playing for a little bit but then Lamar ended up getting hurt so that just threw everything off of them um but Rashad Bateman, he looks like he he is the part. He looks like he's going to be pretty good, very good route runner, uh, good hands, got a got a good amount of speed too. Um, but after that, uh, it's just and even including Rashad Bateman a bit too. There's a lot of Ravens have a lot of unproven guys uh, at the wide receiver position. Um, they have a Devin Duvernay, uh, they have a James Prochet, um, and they have a, a Tylen Wallace. Uh, Rashad Bateman and Tylen Wallace are going into their second year. Devin Duvernay and James Prochet are going into their third year, but none of the receivers have really gotten a consistent amount of passes, uh, catches, I mean, um, and it's just a lot of question mark there. So I would expect them to bring in a veteran wide receiver. I mean, um, but I've been expecting them to do that for a little while. I was uh, when they traded Hollywood Brown away because he he said he, he didn't want to be there. Um, he was not a fan of the offense, the style of offense. Uh, and that's something that he had voiced multiple times. Um, and the Ravens were like, hey, okay, you don't want to be here, but we'll, we'll trade you. And they did get very, very good value. You get a first-round pick for a 2019 first-round pick. Um, that's a good flip. But um, I, uh, when they traded Hollywood Brown away, I was expecting them to address wide receiver in the draft. Um, but I think a lot of the guys that they were looking at, they got taken uh, early and yes they just didn't want to settle uh so i i can respect it but now it's like all right what's what's the plan gonna be because i just i don't see them going into the season uh with those being their top four guys bateman proche duvenay and wallace and, and then they've signed uh they signed quite a few undrafted rookie free agents at wide receiver too 
Uh, but I just don't see them going into the season without a veteran. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about what the Ravens did, and I'll share something here in just a second, what the Ravens did in the draft. So I've got uh, kind of a two-part question for you, just mm-hmm. kind of your overall impressions in terms of the class, and we'll, we'll show all the names here in just a second. But um, the, it, what the Ravens did in the draft with their class, I personally – for the most part, loved it. I I think I would have liked to have seen maybe a a wide receiver that like we just talked about, you know, a bigger name wide receiver, but you know, I mean, they got a lot of other big names Mm -hmm. and offensive line on defense and whatnot. So I think they did a lot of good work there. Uh, And, you know, because we Bengals fans and those who cover the team have just so are so self-absorbed about the Bengals and how great they they did last (laughs) year and how great they're going to be going forward. Yeah. We kind of have, at least I do a little bit, we kind of have this impression that a lot of teams and maybe even those within the division are kind of playing a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses in terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, how the Bengals have built their team, how they built their offense. And when you look at some of the things that the Ravens did, particularly on the defensive side of the ball in the draft mm-hmm. and in free agency, it maybe points to that a little bit. I don't I don't yeah. know if you have a sentiment of that, but. I'll pull up the names here, but what what did you kind of just to start with? What did you kind of think of the draft class and how the Ravens did uh, in April there? I thought it was really good. They they got a lot of value um, in this draft class. A lot of guys who were known as like top 15, top 20 picks. uh, They ended up getting them later on. Um, Started off with uh, Kyle Hamilton. Um, And again, the way that a lot of teams build, uh, they build to beat teams in their division first. Um, I, I remember after that, the last game, uh, the last Bengals game, I said I, I couldn't call Joe Burrow anything but 500 Burrow since he threw for 500 yards <laughs> against Ravens defense. Um, but Ravens, they of course they they recognized that they noticed that, and then they didn't they they didn't have Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. They they were missing a lot of guys, um, and those guys will be some of those guys will be back. Some of those guys are free agents and whatnot. But with Kyle Hamilton, it was like okay. They uh they're trying to show up the back end. They, they they don't want all those passes sailing over the top of their head because they not only drafted Kyle Hamilton, but about a month prior to that, when free agency opened up, they signed Marcus Williams, the safety uh from the Saints. Uh so they're really looking to get uh that that the secondary right. Uh and then about a week and a half ago, they ended up signing Kyle Fuller too. Uh and then in this draft, they they drafted two cornerbacks. So just to add to the depth. Um Tyler Lindenbaum, uh, Ravens fans, we have been just – it's been a, fr- a big frustration with the offensive line uh, for a while. Um, really ever since 2019. 2019, the offensive line was really good. Um, but a lot of times I say I feel like they were they were slightly overrated. They were still really good, but they were slightly overrated just because of Lamar, uh, because of everything that he could do uh, in the backfield as far as uh, making defenders miss and whatnot. But 2020 – uh, the offensive line, it got ugly. Uh, then Ronnie Stanley got injured. And then last year, too, offensive line was very, very ugly. Ronnie Stanley's injured again. Um, so the Ravens are hopefully one Ronnie Stanley comes back. But with them drafting uh, Tyler Lindenbaum, um, them, 
over the past few years, they've had a lot of inconsistency uh, at the center position. Uh, they've had guys like Matt Skurl, who, who started off good in 2019, but then he got hurt, and, and he was never the same after that. They have guys like Patrick McCarry. Um, they've had Tristan Colon-Castillo. And then last year, their starter uh, was Bradley Bozeman, and he he was a center coming out of college, but he hadn't played center since college. So for his first three years in the league, uh, they had him playing left guard. Um, and then in that fourth year, they had him playing center. And he did an all right job, but there was that that lack of consistency. So now with Linderbaum, he's somebody that played center throughout college, and now he can continue to play center in the pros too. Uh, and he's looking to be the Ravens starter. Um, so that should help the offensive line. And again, like we talked about earlier, I keep repeating it, but health. Health is such a big factor when it comes to everything. Uh, Travis Jones. I was somebody who um who wanted the Ravens to uh to draft Jordan Davis. I expected the Ravens to draft Jordan Davis from Georgia. Um, and I think a lot of people did too. And I think the Eagles did as well. Uh, that's why in the draft they ended up leapfrogging the Ravens and they selected Jordan Davis right before the Ravens were on the clock. So that was a really good move by the Eagles. But somebody who was uh regarded as the second best interior defensive lineman um is Travis Jones. Uh, so the Ravens got him, and that can uh, just really add to the youth movement. Um, and, and he's a good mix of uh, just strength and just really raw power uh, with pushing an offensive lineman back. Um, now, one pick that I was a little questionable about uh, was David Ajabo. Um, we know with David Ajabo, he he was looking like he was going to be a first-round pick, but then, of course, he got the Achilles injury. I think it was at his pro day. Um, so he, anything that the Ravens can get out of him right now, I think it'll be considered a bonus, um, because you just, I can't really expect much from him this year, sort of like a, a red shirt year almost. Um, but he reminds me of Ravens first round draft pick from last year who, and they're actually friends. They went to high school together and that's Adafe away. Mm -hmm. Um, Adafe away is, he was very, very raw, um, coming out of college. He hadn't even played football for very long. And it was the same way with David Ajabo. Very, very raw. He hasn't played football for very long, um, but he he put on a lot of good tape uh, at Michigan, and he did his thing. He was going to be a first-round pick, but, of course, again, the injury. So with the Ravens selecting him, um, that's a selection that's – I mean, obviously the whole draft is for the future, um, but that's definitely a selection that's more so for the future because I can't expect him – all right, he recovered from eight Achilles surgery now, and he's back. All right, he's going to be a beast right away. I, I can't expect it. I think that will be unrealistic expectations um they also drafted they they went tight end crazy uh with Kala and uh and, and Isaiah Likely um and it's crazy because those two tight ends uh before two, 2021 going into the 2021 season they, they were ranked the number one and two tight ends uh in NCAA but with uh with Kala uh he's gotten comp to uh Mark Andrews a lot um, so that's obviously a good thing. Big red zone target. Um, and with likely he's somebody that uh, he's a tight end, but he seems to be like a tight end receivers sort of got to stretch the field. So we're looking forward to that. Um, Tyler Beatty. That was the the last the their last pick uh, in was it the sixth or seventh round. I think it was the sixth round. Um, Six, but he's yeah. so he's somebody uh, very explosive guy. Got good hands coming out of the backfield. Um I think that uh, he'll end up being there. I think they'll end up keeping four running backs. So I he'll end up being up in, in the mix. Um, but he's somebody that could fill in just in case. Just in case J.K. Dom is not all the way ready to go. Just in case Gus Edwards isn't all the way ready to go. Uh, Ravens have a, a stable of running backs right now. Of course, everybody can't make it. 
Um, so we'll see what happens. But I do think I, I envision him uh, being on the roster come game time. Uh, just to move back, I think it was in the fourth round where they got uh, Daniel uh, Falele, uh just mm-hmm. a monster. Um, and he's somebody that uh, a sort of developmental tackle for the Ravens, uh, somebody that can with Ronnie Stanley. Again, big question mark on Ronnie Stanley if he's going to remain healthy. Um, but the Ravens this offseason, they signed Morgan Moses. Um, so he's expected to be the right tackle. But just in case Ronnie Stanley's not ready, you might have to do some shifting around and whatnot. Um, but Daniel Falele, just this giant. And this guy, even bigger than Orlando Brown. Um, but somebody, he, he's pretty raw. But he's somebody that they expect to be able to fill in in a pinch. Somebody who they can uh, develop uh, and just see how things go. And, and hopefully he can turn into a really good tackle. Uh, for the Ravens. Um, I'm trying to think if I missed anybody. The two cornerbacks, the two tight ends, offensive lines, safety. Uh, there was like that. 20 picks, so you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think you did, I think you did a pretty good job on it. Yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah they man. did. They did have 11 picks. And I, they, um, one thing that surprised me, I just knew I was 1,000% sure because they were going into the draft with 10 picks. I was 1,000% sure like Ravens are not drafting 10 they're not drafted 10 rookies. There's no way. They're going to trade for somebody. They're going to trade up, move around in a draft. But they proved me wrong, and they ended up taking 11. So, yeah, that was that. <laughs> not going to draft 10. They're going to draft one more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at, le- at least five of them, I-, I know, elicited a response from Bengals fans like, God damn, Ravens. Like, why the hell would you do that? And I like, I like what you said about o- o- Ojabo. You know, it's just it's just like a it's a bonus pick. You know, it's like a mm-hmm. redshirt year to see what he can do. It doesn't hurt that. You know, he played under the the current now defensive coordinator for the Ravens. And I wanted right. to talk about McDonald because, you know, I, I'm I'm a believer that I think NF, the NFL should look towards the college defenses to really start, you know, help evolving and, you know, best preparing against some of the modern offenses. What mm-hmm. I didn't know is that McDonald actually worked under um, John Harbaugh with the Ra- uh-huh. uh, for the Ravens for seven years. I thought he was just with, with his brother, Jim, for that time. But he's like 34 years old and he knows the Ravens system pretty well. So I guess... My question is now that you're in the post, you know, wink era, like how much how much different is this defense going to be considering he coached under Martindale for like seven years? I think it's going to have some differences. I think it's going to have a lot of similarities, too, uh, since he he had been around. Uh, he only took well, he was only in Michigan for like a year um, and now he's right back. With, but with a different role, um, something that I would expect from him uh, would just and uh, my hope for him uh, would really be to not put guys in bad situations. Uh, we know with Wink, uh, and we love Wink, um, but Wink was live by, die by that blitz. Um, he does not care who's out there. Um, he did not care what cornerbacks he had out there, what safeties, what play. He was going to blitz you like crazy. And that the thing with that is like it can be a gift and a curse uh, because there would be like a lack of adjustments um, and, and there would just be it would seem like there would be a lack of awareness to what the situation was. You can't blitz the same. Uh, if you your cornerbacks are Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, you could blitz one way. But if your cornerbacks are Robert Jackson uh, and Kevon Seymour, uh, Kevin Tolliver, then you, you cannot blitz the same way. Um, so I just hope for Mike McDonald's sake that there's more situational awareness uh, to what's going on uh, with the opposing defense. 
Well, we'll get you out of here in just a couple minutes here talking once again with Justin, the head guy at the YouTube channel Engraven Vids. Got a ton of subscribers over there. We, of course, are one of them, so you got to be one as well. Almost 55,000 subscribers over on his YouTube channel. Does great work covering the Ravens and the NFL. Um, Before we get you out of here with maybe an outlook, maybe even a a record prediction if you do that, I'm going to flip the question that John just did and talk about the other side of the ball. We've touched on it a little bit in terms of what the Ravens have done this offseason in free agency and the draft in terms of altering what the offense looks. I mean, we talked about the defense, but altering also what the offense looks like. You talked about likely, you talked about Charlie Kohler, Mm -hmm. and then of course Dobbins and whatnot. So there's kind of a sentiment maybe saying with now Brown out of the picture, kind of the deep threat speedy guy on on, uh, the wide receiver group. Now this is going to be tight end centric. This is going to be run heavy. This is going to be Lamar maybe doing some ad lib work and going back to where he was a couple of years ago, really taking the league by storm. Is that, is that a sentiment you think that's, that's kind of true as we look, you know, our mile high view of the Ravens here, is that kind of a a sentiment that you share, or do you think that there's a little bit more sizzle, a little bit more deep threats going on here than we see from the outside looking in? I I certainly hope that it's more, Um, but I I think that the way that the Ravens have really built this roster, the way that they signed free agents, the way that they've uh, drafted, uh, it seems like they're trying to go back to more that that 2019 style, um, and just really trying to just have a really dominant dominant uh, physical game. Um, what I'm hoping for, uh, and this of course to be determined, I'm hoping that it's a, a mix of 2019, but it makes a last year too, uh, because last year I know a lot of people they and, and they will continue to do it, uh, but a lot of people they they doubt Lamar Jackson. As a passer, I know that's a conversation that comes up every single day. Oh, Lamar Jackson, he can't pass the ball. Um, but Lamar Jackson, he showed multiple times last year. Um, not only can he pass the ball, but um, they can come back from behind. They can come back from being down. They can air it out. And I, I loved it. Um, now, I do think that the offense changed based off of the situation uh, with a lot of guys being hurt. But I'm hoping that they can build off of that. Uh, but now have, again, health, keep mentioning it, have health, but uh, also have a better offensive line. Um, so now my uh, biggest question, Mark, for the Ravens uh, is, is still at the wide receiver position. Um, what are they going to do uh, to add to that? You know, we have Rashad Bateman. He's expected to be pretty good. Uh, I have Mark Andrews. and He is great. Um, but what, what are we going to do in the passing game? Who's going to add to it? And, and not only because there's so many question marks, but because there's so little depth. Uh, because right now, the guys who, who you would think are essentially locks to make the team at the receiver position, uh, Bateman, Duvernay, Prochet, and, uh, and Wallace, what happens if one of those guys go down? What happens if one of those guys are injured? Then what? Um, so not only to, uh, as far as, for my opinion, them adding a receiver will not only help to just diversify the passing game, but just really uh, give them more quality depth. Um, but as far as the offense yeah, it seems like they just they really want to do everything in their power uh, to give their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, absolutely no excuses this year uh, because they've built the they built the uh, the offense to cater uh, to Greg Roman, to cater to his strengths. Um, so I think they just want it to be like, all right, Greg Roman, Giro, we're giving you everything in your power. Go to work. Show us what you got, um, because I think this is really a, a make or break year. 
mm-hmm. uh, for Greg Roman and really a make or break year for the Ravens as a whole. Uh, with Lamar Jackson being in his fifth year option, um, there it's been pretty, uh, I mean, it's been, been publicly stated that he hasn't been talking to the Ravens uh, when it comes to contract. Um, and, and in my opinion, the Ravens have not, they haven't done enough to give him a reason to stay especially when you look at the uh, the design of this offense. A lot of people think it's catered to Lamar Jackson, but it's really catered to Greg Roman. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, he, as of right now, uh, he hasn't been at the OTAs. And while that's not the biggest of the big deal, when you hear uh, John Harbaugh, he was asked, hey, where's Lamar at? John Harbaugh's like, oh, I, I'll let him tell you about that. I'll let him, I'll let him answer that for you. And then Greg Roman, he was even asked in the press, hey, well, what's going on with Lamar not being here and, Greg Roman was like, oh, I'll, I'll let Lamar give you a chance, give you a chance to speak to him about that. So it just seems like the uh, the vibe is a, a little bit off um, between Lamar Jackson and, and the coaching staff. And it just seems to be in this sort of like this weird place right now. Um, hopefully it ends up being a bunch of nothing and they can have a lot of success. Uh, but it's to be determined. Um, but this year is is such a big year. Like Ravens are really at a big crossroads when it comes to the future mm. of this team. Um, I know there's also been a lot of talk. Hey, if Lamar doesn't sign this offseason, even next offseason, there's, there's the franchise tag talk. So, you know, with the franchise tag, like I know you, you guys are going through that with Jesse Bates right now. That franchise tag can get ugly. It, it can get really, really ugly. Um, so we'll just see. We'll just see. It's just it's so many directions that this whole thing could take. Uh, but yeah, Ravens, they, they got a lot to work on. So <laughs> it's been crazy, and it's going to be even crazy. Man, like the, you, you kind of answered my own question. Like I was going to ask you, if, if you were Eric DaCosta, how, how do you get Lamar like back to mm-hmm. back to the negotiation tables? But, you know, it just seems like it's like with Jesse Bates, man. It just seems like right now it's just a matter of timing, and, you know, it, things may work out and they may not. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. Well, Justin, we will uh, we'll, we'll get you out of here. We asked for like 15 minutes and we doubled you up on that. So we appreciate oh, the time, man. man. We, we, we love talking with you, honestly. You're one of our favorite guests that we bring on here. Uh, your insight, your knowledge is, is top-notch and that uh, your YouTube channel and, and its numbers and its videos is, obviously reflects that. And we'll, we'll pump that in just a second before we do. What do, you, what do you think? I know it's hard to look in the crystal ball as we sit here now in early June mm-hmm. uh, because especially – with the unfortunate situation with the Ravens when all those injuries occurred so late, kind of in the summer, right before the season, mm-hmm. um, I, it's hard to predict, but in terms of a bounce back in terms of kind of how you're looking at the division right now, how are you seeing things play out with the Ravens as, as they try and rebound from last year and just kind of how things are shaping up in the AFC North in general? Um, I am, if they can stay healthy, uh, then I'll say either either divisional or AFC championship. It just depends mm. on so much, man. If they can stay healthy, um, I can't quite. I can't say Super Bowl right now. I I, I just can't. I, I'm not. I'm not sold on uh, the wide receivers right now, and I'm not completely sold on uh, their linebacker group and, and their pass rush. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But um, so I say either divisional or AFC championship. Uh, obviously, depending on so many different things. As far as the regular season record, uh, I would probably say like 12 and 5. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And I think a lot of people would be hard-pressed to really kind of argue with that because the Ravens' reputation, who they are as an organization, and like you said, they've 
when they're healthy and they've got uh, things kind of built back up, they're they're a tough team to beat, no yeah. doubt about it. Well, it's been awesome talking with you, Justin. We appreciate the time that you always give this show. Before we do, I'm going to post this right here in the link to this YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed, I think a lot of our listeners have subscribed, at least I hope so, because you've been on our channel or been on our videos a bunch of times and have done awesome work for us and you continue to do so on your channel. Just real quick, you've got uh, your channel and Graven Vids. You also have another another podcast as well, uh, Keep It Clean. But uh, just tell us a little bit about what you do there. You, get, you got some bite-sized videos, you got some longer ones and a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, the, the YouTube channel is Engraving Vids. Uh, it's Team Keep It Clean, so it's family friendly. So anybody is welcome uh, to come through. I am obviously a Ravens fan, and we talk uh, a lot of Ravens literally every single day. Uh, we post videos every single day uh, during this regular season, during the off season. Sometimes multiple videos per day, depending on what's going on. Um, so feel free to subscribe. Um, and even if you're not a Ravens fan, uh, we just talk about the NFL uh, just as a whole in general, especially within. Uh, within the AFC North. Uh, so it's always fun. We enjoy ourselves a lot on there. Don't take ourselves too serious, anything like that. Um, and Twitter, Instagram is also Engraving Viz too, if you want to check it out. Awesome. Well, you do great work. Uh, we respect the heck out of what you do there. And thanks for always being so kind to our show and talking Ravens. Hopefully we can have you back on either maybe at the onset of the season or maybe when these two teams clash. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about those rematches this year. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. Like you said, those Twitter, those Twitter battles, but uh, uh, yeah. yeah, but thanks for everything, man. Appreciate your time. And um, this has been a lot of fun catching up with you. Oh yeah, for sure. Appreciate y'all having me on. Thank All you. Right, Justin. Take care. Take care.